feel like we have to step up our baiting game because we all know too easily when we're trying to bait each other into pissing each other off. It, it, we gotta be clever. We gotta be sneaky about it. We can't be too obvious anywhere. This is the year of... 2023 is gonna be the year of next level baiting. That's what I mean, this may be outright baiting this episode because Seth may come in hard with some... Uh... Oh, I'm not even going to say his name on this. I don't even want to say his name. I don't even want to say his name. I, 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 won't, I won't say the name. We'll know who I'm talking about, and it'll be okay. I don't even have to say the name. I, I don't know what we're talking about. York, do you know what we're talking about? Who are the two most well-known Western movie stars? One's really good. One's not so good, but is overrated. We all know who we're talking about here. Uh, Clint Eastwood, obviously, and... Overrated, yes. Who's the other one? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm baiting you. Next level baiting, Point am I? Proven. Point proven. Are you talking about... What's his name from... Uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Clark Kent's dad. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yellowstone. And- you know full dang well he ain't talking about no Kevin Costner, and you know he knows who it is. No, I'm no, not I, really, I legit I'm not don't believing know. This. No, I'm not believing that there's a whole ass airport named after him right now, and you're telling me you don't know who this is. John I don't Wayne. believe okay. you. This John man, no. Would, no, yeah, like, no. Look, uh-huh. all right, Grandpa, I haven't seen one John Wayne movie, okay? I haven't. Okay, I well, made a bold partner. claim of seeing not that many Clint Eastwoods, but how the hell have you not seen any any it's John Wayne movies? Fuck. How do you even know uh, if you've never seen uh, them? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't say they're boring and then be like, I've never seen one. They're Look, so when boring. I was six, watching my dad watch them, I said, nope. And I cut the fuck out of there. <laughs> oh, so much is explained right now. So much. This is what an episode to start the year off. <laughs> Welcome a- back to the Blockbuster <laughs> Hall of Fame. We are starting 2023 off with a fistful of dollars. We're starting with the the Man with No Name trilogy. I watched this in college and I loved it and I haven't watched it since. Um, and this is my first time revisiting it. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yorton, I don't know if you've seen these movies. Have you seen this? These before I've seen the spaghetti westerns. This was new to me, uh, but it's not really new because it's been copied so much, right? Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Is like, man, if you ever want to know where all the classic tro- uh, tropes come from, man, this movie is it. Ooh, so I mean, I'll get into that. This is quick thoughts. Um, I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen it since college. Watched the Man with No Name trilogy in college. Uh, I can't believe why I don't know why I waited so long to rewatch it. Yeah, because yeah, I loved it. I don't know why I waited so long to rewatch it. Seth, you think Clint Eastwood is highly overrated? So please, uh, how was your time okay. watching this movie? I think Clint Eastwood westerns, cowboy his his westerns are highly overrated. Uh, however, I will say it speaks to this movie in that. I can appreciate what this movie brought to the table, and I am so glad that other people improved upon the things that they brought to the table. I'm so glad. 
Look at that. But he he finds a way to he finds a way to insult the movie while giving it a compliment. That's next level. I, I mean, you know, but I, really, there's there's a lot of people that have taken this and taken it to other genres. There's you know better versions of this movie, and yeah, I mean, it's great. Um, essentially, Seth is saying what we said about Poltergeist. Because uh, we had the yeah, same thoughts when we all watched Poltergeist. We had the same thoughts. We said it. Um, but this movie is significantly better than Poltergeist. Yes, there are other movies that took what this did and made it better. Obviously, this was made. This is a loose adaptation of the great Akira Urasawa's uh, Yojimbo. Uh, that, and so when we think about Westerns and how they are and they really come from samurai films samurais yeah. with the original cowboys um and so all of those all of like our western movies were made in japan in the 20s and 30s then we americanized them in the 50s 60s 70s so we are pulling from other places to make our westerns and uh, some of our westerns are better than what they're based off of and then some people took some of these westerns and made them better uh as seth and i always talk about westerns whenever we can we love nope nope is essentially a western uh and uh, no country for old men is one of my actually my favorite movie of all time and that is 100 percent a western Call uh, can we call this our Western if this is an Italian-made movie with a German production team? Ooh, so then that also <laughs> begs another question. A lot of movies are filmed in different places using different crews. Just because they're not filmed in America, do we just call them an American movie or what? So that prompts an even larger question. Yeah, it has an Italian director with a German production t- crew. I I'm gonna Who be honest with you. It? Was it a Hollywood production or was it Italian? That's the real question. It was Who Italian, and then it? I think it was put over here, or even Spanish. I don't know. It was like a whole conglomeration of different. Because whoever's spending the money, really that's where the country of origin for the film is going to be. Because I just think MGM just had the rights to distribute the movie. From what well, I mean, if you're talking about yeah. that, like a lot of our blockbusters are bankroll from Chinese companies. They're paying for our blockbusters. Or Sony. They make those Chinese movies. The entire Transformers series is being world by China. Does that make it a Chinese movie? Uh, Who makes... What studio makes Transformers? Is it Paramount? But then you have the production team and the director that's an American. To me, that's usually what I go more off of. No, no, no. I mean, this is literally just discussion on what makes the movie American. I'm not saying... I'm not trying to, like, poke holes, but it's just, like, I hear different things, like funding, production, director. That's a good question. I I don't want to get deep into it. Man, that's, that's tough. It's Wait. tough to find a definitive answer there. This is a foreign film, though. Yes, it's a foreign film. This is 100% a foreign film. It's not an American film. It was a foreign film that got released in America. I have no I mean, idea. 
Oh yeah, no, no, no. I I was talking about like the question that like what makes a film American. That that oh, that's okay. what I was asked. No, 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 no. I know this is a foreign film. Like you're, you're no. Okay, sorry. I, I'm uh, I got lost. When I mean, you're saying American, yeah, I'm I thought you meant. <laughs> like what you was. I was like, this is definitely a foreign film. Like we thought that no, 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 no. I was like, that, that prompts a larger question because Jordan was like, ah, oh, this is yeah. an American film. I was like, that prompts a larger question. Like, what makes a film American? Like, who pays for it? Who produces it? Who directs it? Like, what do we, what's our criteria? But that's semantics. We're not really worried about that. And that's why I was saying, about, yeah. for me, it really depends on the director and the production team because those are the people that are putting their vision in it. So that's what would make it. Because I mean, what when it comes to me. Follow. I uh, my favorite films are either Canadian, Swedish, or uh, American. Actually, I, I think it depends on who their audience. If the target audience is like initially American box office, and then it gets released overseas, just like if it's initially target audience is overseas, then released in America, we consider it foreign films. So I think that's how that gets in, in my I, in my head. I anyway. agree more closer to what you're saying, Seth. Is like who is the target audience for this film? Okay, so. Okay, let's not go deeper on that. That we're gonna put the audience to sleep. Um, okay, <laughs> that's called a spaghetti western for a reason. <laughs> Jared made some good points. How we feel like I, I, I always kind of felt like the western was just this original genre, but he's right. It definitely is just an adaptation of samurai films, um, and that's a really good point. Um, I do want to say when the Mandalorian show, I'm, I'm sorry, Clint Eastwood showed up and he showed up in, in uh, most eyes. I mean that Mexican American border town um, did the whole time. I was like the Mandalorian just stole from this. This is all it is. This is, he just, the Mandalorian said, Oh, I like spaghetti Westerns and I'm going to be a spaghetti Western star Wars show. And it's always been said, but rewatching this movie fully cemented it for me. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is, this is, Definitely. He's, he's, he's just this lone guy who comes into town, causes havoc, says some cool shit, and leaves. Well, that's why we brought it up when we were talking yeah. about New Roar, uh, uh Westerns. We brought up The Mandalorian for that. Yeah. It just, this movie felt so much like The Mandalorian, just like, was just a giant homage to these, this genre of film. I don't know, for some reason, it, it hit home more on this movie. The Seth, fact he talk- didn't have a name? Yeah, he didn't a good have chunk either, of the yeah. series. He had some armor too that may have been Mandalorian. I don't know. <laughs> At the end, uh, Seth, that might be a push in that one. But yeah, uh, so I just want to say, I think we need to be a bit more specific with what is our samurai movies and westerns. I don't think every single western story is or western movies are Japanese samurai remakes. I think our gunfighter stories are. For example, and, I, and the reason why I want to differentiate that is because there's a bunch of Westerns that are not samurai-oriented. I mean, like, we had Western pulp novels before movies were a thing. Uh, yeah. And so we had some of those things made into it. So I think we need to be more specific. Like, I think this one definitely is. The Magnificent Seven is, you know, obviously a remake uh, of another Kurosawa film. Yeah. Uh, and so I think a lot of her in that gunfighter, the roving gunfighter that, you know, moves from town to town and things like that definitely has this inspiration from there and stuff. But uh, it's not like not the Western, because also a true Western is more man versus nature versus society and civilization coming behind it and things like that. And like this movie isn't that. It's like a subgenre of a Western. So I think like the gunfighter uh, subgenre. No. And so well, here's, right. here's the thing. There's a type of samurai that is in particular with 
what is with the rogue gunman. A ronin. Mm-hmm. The samurai without a master. That's pretty much... Th- those go hand in hand, I feel like, together to bring that all together now. And yeah, and like even to go with that, like he was like the ronin, very popular, like the cowboy, like very popular. And that's what like made these Western films popular. So then you could get films about man versus nature in terms of the Western. But I think it was the gunslinger adaptation of the, you know, the samurai and the ronins is what actually like led to the popularization so we could get a more robust Western as in, like, what we kind of see in Nope, we get, like, a horror western of sorts. So, I don't know. I, uh... If, what I was saying, what I'm pretty much just saying is, like, the gunfighters, like, started it. Um, and we're gonna go with the ultimate gunfighter in Clint Eastwood. So we're gonna do a Mount Rushmore of said Clint Eastwood. Well, I, before we do the Mount Rushmore, I want to ask, I guess, Jordan, you kind of stay out of this real quick, because you haven't seen him. When you guys watched the trilogy, I remember, you know, obviously the big name in that trilogy is The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, right? That's like the biggest movie in that trilogy. And I was like, I remember watching it for the first time and thinking, I don't know which movie it was, but I remember liking one of the other two movies, this movie or the other one, more than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, Just real quick, based off your memory, where do y'all rank The Good, Bad, and Ugly out of this trilogy? I mean, for me, it's just the best of the three I didn't like. When I first you watched like it, I'm, I'm in, I don't like these. I don't like these movies. I didn't like them when I first watched it. I've only watched the first oh, one wow. again. So, like, I'm excited. I'm hopeful that, like, the next two movies are better because I like some of the things that were done in the first movie. But I remember not liking them when I first watched them. Okay, I but I like that one more than the other. Jared? <laughs> I like the good, the bad, the ugly, because I think it took everything um, from the first two and just like made it better. It's like it's one of those sequels that got better with each movie, um, which or like uh, one of those trilogies that get better with better with each movie, as most trilogies do not go that route. But I think this one definitely does. Um, the other trilogy that I was going to pick um, was going to be uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy. Trilogy, yes, trilogy. You should have picked that one. Uh, well, no, I mean, we haven't done westerns. I love westerns, so. Uh, no, I haven't seen any yeah, since no. high school. But like, I mean, obviously that that series, like, clearly the first one is like a perfect movie, but then it goes downhill. That's typically what we see in trilogies. Oh, <laughs> oh boy, come on, you're done, dude. Do hey, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. Uh but like this is one of the trilogies that they learn from each movie going on, so it gets better as it goes. Now, Last Crusade's my favorite out of the trilogies for the. That's Indiana not an Jones. uncommon opinion. It should be. It should be very uncommon because that's. that's Holy shit! Uh, do we just forget like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Like, do we just like lose that? Lose that memory of that movie existing? Hey, why? I'm done. Nope. Clint Eastwood, let's go. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to be in your camp whenever we do rewatch those movies, but it's been so long I don't have an opinion. All right, Mount Rushmore of Clint Eastwood. We're doing his career. We're not just doing his acting. We're doing acting, directing, not producing. His hands need to be on this on the films that we're talking about here. Um, okay. 
I'm not going first because I I, mean, I will start us off. Please do. Uh, so obviously, um, I got to go with the Man with No Name trilogy. Uh, so oh, go oh you can't go with the whole trilogy. You got to pick one movie. Oh well, then good, the bad, the ugly. Since I can't pick right. the trilogy, there we go. Um, I will not say any of the Dirty Harry movies because a cab. Uh, I definitely what? have to go with. Uh, oh my god, where's that movie at? Um, Hill Rider. Hill Rider was a really good one. I mean, uh, yeah, no, Hill Rider. There we go. Seth, don't make sure. me sick. <laughs> Love Hill Rider. And then now I'm going to get into him directing because I am not going to lie. As problematic as Gran Torino was, and it is extremely problematic. Mm -hmm. It was an enjoyable watch. I really enjoy that movie. Okay. I hate to say I enjoy that movie, but I do. Holy shit, do I love Gran Torino. Um, so that's number two. And his best work as a director, Mystic River. Mr. what? Mystic River. Oh, I haven't seen that either. I, I'm so... He's just got under my radar. I haven't caught any of his movies. Okay. Um, Jim Robinson? Hey, what? Okay. Kevin Bacon? Oh, yeah. Kevin Bacon. Damn. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Based right. on a Dennis Lehane novel? I'm just Dude, saying. Yeah, Mr. Rivers. Good as hell. All right. Yorton. Well, Man, Mike is muted. There no, you go. It's, it's fine now. All right. So I went through it and I just haven't seen that many Clint Eastwood movies. And so pretty much my top four are the movies that I have seen and fully remember. <laughs> it's a time where I remember because I was going to say Firefox, but I don't recall Firefox. It's been so long ago. I just remember super fast playing stealthy flying away from Russia. That's about it. Uh <laughs> In the Line of Fire, when he played the Secret Service. Space Cowboys, which is a fun, just space adventure movie. I mean, it's not amazing or anything, but it's just a fun, entertaining movie. All right. That one. Uh, Gran Torino, which Jared brought up. And then Invictus. And I enjoyed all rugby? the movies. What? Is that the rugby movie? Yeah, that's the South African rugby movie. For the Matt Damon. You, you, yeah, I was gonna say, what did you think about Matt Damon in that movie? I thought he was good. God, he's man. always good. Yeah, you know, Seth's just going to say no, no <laughs> matter what. Dude, that was probably Matt Damon's most likable role. And Seth was like, no. No, he refuses. Seth, did you like Matt Damon in what movie did you like him in? Just name a movie, please. There's one movie you well, like him in. Good Will Hunting. Good Will Hunting. I like him in Good Will Hunting. It's a great movie. His okay. career peaked and then it went downhill. Oh, shut the fuck up. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> not, um, not, not even the uh, heist, Vegas heist movies? Uh, I only enjoyed him in that when he wasn't on the screen. He was great in the ensemble cast. Seth, what is I, your, he, he what's your Mount Rushmore of <laughs> Clint Eastwood? Okay, so I need to make sure it's clear here. I really don't like early Clint Eastwood. I especially don't like Clint Eastwood westerns. But I do like that he took in his later career some of those elements and put him put them in his modern movies. So you'll probably notice a trend here. Uh, 
And I'm going to rank these. So my number four movie, and I'm going to work my way up here, is Gran Torino. Uh, only because, I don't know, cantankerous, angry Clint Eastwood helping young neighborhood boy is a fun story. Even, like Jared said, there's some issues. Small issues. <laughs> uh, you know. So, uh, but that one's there. The number three comes in with Million Dollar Baby, which is a movie that I thought was going to be about boxing and didn't realize that it was going to ruin and wreck my emotional state for the next five years. And so, because uh, I had no idea if that's what that was, and I walked out like, okay, I am, I am dehydrated from all the tears. Uh, but Million Dollar Baby, great movie. Well, did. The second movie is Mystic River. Uh, that's the only one that he actually wasn't in. He did direct it, but and it's great, fantastic movie. And then my favorite Clint Eastwood movie of all time is one he directed and acted in and is, has ties to my hometown of Huntsville, Texas, and that is A Perfect World. I, at, well, Kevin Costner is the star of it. I absolutely love that movie. Who? A quick question. Who picked the movie this time? Jared. Jared, okay. I didn't know who picked the movie. Why? So I was curious. I was figuring it was Seth because Seth always talks about westerns. So that him I not, love westerns, but, it's, but he's it's talking not. about how he doesn't like Clint Eastwood movies, so it confused yeah. me. I was like, "What?" I, I hope I'm in a movie that you didn't like. No, I hope I, I like the next few though. I like yeah. good westerns. Uh huh. Which is why you so you picked this movie. Yes. Um, I'm not going to pick a four. I'm going to pick four for my dad because I'm not qualified enough to pick four. So if my dad is picking the Mount Rushmore, it would be the good, bad, the ugly. It would be uh, what's, uh, Hang Em High. It would be Space Cowboys and Dirty Harry. There we go. Um, is Clint Eastwood the ultimate dad actor, by the way? The ultimate? Ooh. Like, I would say him and Tom him, Tom Hanks, Kevin Costner, and the Steel yeah. Kids. Hell yeah! On the it depends on the dad, but <laughs> and the generation depends on the generation. Okay, so let's go over some of our notes here. I just want to say that I I really did like this movie, and my favorite guy was the barkeep, Mister. I call him Mister Exposition. Um, he just. <laughs> the man with no name comes into town, and he, this guy just gives him the rundown. All right, so these guys don't like these guys, and they don't like this, him. They don't talk every, to that girl. Every single moment that this guy saw an opportunity to explain something, he jumped on it. It was the, you said you're talking about just the beginning. You, Ray, you know he he did that the entire movie. Looking for it because there were times where I was starting like, what's going on again? Like. I thought he was working for the the Mexicans, and now he's working for the sheriff. And then he, this, then the barkeep would come on and kind of explain it for me. Yeah, he's my Wikipedia. <laughs> hey, he's man. like that guy from Ant Man. I cannot think of his hey, name Michael right now, and I feel really bad. Yes, Michael Pena. Thank you. I was like, I could not think of his name. A less fun version. What other notes? Do you do you guys have any random notes that aren't good or bad that you just want to like things you noticed? Uh, that 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 was the thinnest body armor that I have ever seen. That body yeah. armor was so thin. But can we talk about how good of a shot that man was? Yeah, like, I'm gonna really. shoot him in the heart. Every single bullet was in the heart, and I was like, "He's a great shot." Clint Eastwood should definitely be dead because that armor is about the the, the, the thickness of a yeti <laughs> No, he didn't the, even groan getting up. 
It's the poncho. Like, the poncho did a lot of the protecting, though. The poncho over the metal did yeah, the most cotton. of the protecting. Yeah. <laughs> Gee. And the first time I saw him get shot, I'm like, he got up and I was like, oh, dude. When I saw him get shot and he fell down, I was like, oh, God, I remember this part. I remember groaning the first time I watched it because I'm like, oh. And then again, watching it now, I was like, oh, no. For me. Whatever. Because was- they set it up with him shooting the metal. And it not the penetrating. That kind of works. Look, I'm going to help you all out. You don't, even though I don't like know. the movie that much. Here it is. It's a weak powder of bullets. So the powder bullets were they were weak, and so it, was, it wasn't as strong of a bullet, and that's why when it hit, it didn't penetrate. Power for actors. I love how Seth just hand waved. Well, I mean, and- <laughs> Seth's not wrong because it is still like 1860 bullet technology. So. It's not quite a hit with the same emphasis as modern day rifles. I'm, j- I'm just going to say it, he didn't take care of his weapons, didn't take care of his ammunition, and so it didn't have as much oomph as it should have. Well, and so when it hits the plate, it stops. It's good. Because my question is, it is probably still a black powder round with the 4570 probably round on the rifle. And so I'm like, oh, here we are in rifle talk. <laughs> I was just trying to help y'all out. That way, y'all wouldn't cringe. I know. Now you got me curious. Like scientific MythBusters, you know, explanation for it it happens and why. So, can we talk about like the gunfighting? Like, I thought it was. I I enjoyed it. Like, and it's like one of those things where it's like you kind of feel like unnerving. Like when you're just like, oh man, like Cleaning Sweat is going against like these six other dudes, Mm -hmm. only him. Like he puts his, you know, reaches his hand back on his holster. You're like, is he gonna do it? And then it's like three seconds later, everybody's down. Everyone's down. And it's just like, man, I just really like. It's just like that gunslinging mode. It's just like, it's, it's fun. It's It's cool. It's so cool. It's cool. It's a trope, and we know it's a trope, but we like it because it's cool. It's a thirty-eight forty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that is not a powerful bullet. <laughs> We're back in rifle talk. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I... The, Look, the science works out. Okay. I mean, um, it's, it's it's a weak it's a weak shot like a SGA three pointer to win the game. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why he shot nice. that. That was good. He, he should not have shot that three. Sorry, that's what I was watching behind my shoulder. <laughs> Uh, I'm just, I'm just gonna say, I really like and appreciate the gunfighting scenes in this movie because I really, really like how they're better used in later movies, and I appreciate okay. that fact. I, I like Seth with the dig once again. <laughs> oh no, I can um, tell you some examples of things where I'm like, this was great. Tombstone, one of my favorite westerns ever, uses some of these same shots with the close-ups and the, everything else. I think it's great. I love that this set that up and created this because this was not something that was done before i really appreciate it truly not even being sarcastic i absolutely love it my favorite part of these gunfights were the way people died and i just wish i was an actor back then so i could play an actor who got shot because it seems like so much fun you throw your hands in the air and you take a couple rolls and it's so dramatic i was like yes this is so good you know Star Wars with the Wilhelm scream. Have you seen what movie it's actually from? It's from a, a Western. Yeah, from a Western. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen that clip on YouTube a few times. Ah! 
Oh, no. And just like the dramaticism of. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they just throw their hands in the air. And I know I love that stagecoach scene where they're like on the uh, the bank of that lake or the river, and that stagecoach scene where he's like holding the Gatling gun and yep. he's like shooting it on the soldiers, and they're just like flailing their arms and legs and like falling. It's so funny. One it's homie so- gets up and tries to make a run for it. That was stupid. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Um, great. This note kind of falls under the good category, but. It's a character decision Clint Eastwood makes that I thought was just so cool. Where he's like, I got to see inside that, that stagecoach. And uh, he's like, well, how are you going to do it? And he just walks over there and he goes to the horse, that the, the guard's horse. And he just looks in the horse's eye real intently like, huh? And then he walks away. And then the guard goes to the horse like, what the fuck was he doing? And he starts looking in the horse's eye, which is the distraction. And that's when Clint Eastwood goes and looks in the stagecoach. And I was like, what a stupid little gambit he just used. How stupid, but it worked. Um, All right. Before Seth goes off in this movie, let's talk about some of the good things. Seth, I'm being dramatic, I know. Um, You said you didn't like the movie, though. So I I don't know what you didn't like. Maybe the pacing. But um, I just think the guy... It's just the coolest character. The man with no name. It's just a really cool character. And at the time, it's pretty original, I would think. Um, Jordan, what do you like about this movie? It's just a pretty straightforward story. And so it wasn't complicated or anything. You just sit down and enjoy it. That's about it. Uh, nothing I was like, oh, wow, it's amazing or anything like that. Just So you say yeah. that, but why, why did he decide to play both sides? Against each other. What was the point? Like, well, okay, he Seth didn't care for either one. Money. Yeah. yeah. So, but how was he getting money? He was going. He was money getting money every sides? time he played both sides. Gotcha. Yeah, it'd be okay. like five hundred dollars for this, five hundred dollars for gotcha. this. Okay. Then he's trying to find the gold while they pit them against each other. Okay. I mean, I at least that was the one part of the movie I respected. At least they gave him motivation that made sense. Yeah. Like, you know, he yeah. wasn't just here doing things. It was here, okay, I can see an opportunity for money. And you brought up about the gold, and that was a great way for it. He was planning, but didn't end up taking the gold, but that was probably part of the plan. Yeah. Like, we can each side enough, and it's like, all right, I can have what I want. It reminds me of The Mandalorian again, I'm sorry, where every time he gets something good, he has to give it up for some other cause or something. It's like... I just hit a payload, but now I have to... Or Cowboy Bebop. Or Cowboy Bebop lands. He's about to get this big... I'm getting off topic. Never mind. Um, he never ends up with the reward, right? His heart ends up giving it to someone else. That's kind of like... How, we don't know how much he gave to them. To, I mean, because he got quite a bit paid during that whole... I guess you're right. I assumed it was a lot, though. Um, Jared, what else did you like about this movie, dude? Um, number one, the score. Uh, we gotta we gotta talk about. I think I mentioned them before on our podcast, but the uh, late great Ennio Morricone passed away a couple years ago. This man makes the, literally the best music. Uh, we really talk about like I mean like I always give flowers to John Williams, Hans Zimmer, uh, Ludwig. Uh, 
I don't know Luke's last name. He's the guy who does the uh, Mandalorian score. But we yeah. forget like one of the originators of scores and movies. Like we think about when we think about like spaghetti westerns, you can always hear that one tune in your ear from the good, the bad, the ugly. When anyone mentions like a western or something like that, you can hear that one tune. Who wrote that? Who made that? Ennio Morricone, like his music is impactful on everything. And this man, I'm going to go through some of the music that he made, like in like today's time, like he just, he would just do anything. He would just make music for any movie. So uh, if you know the movie Bullworth, uh, they came out in the nineties. He made the score for that movie. Phantom of the Opera. You turn a horror film. <laughs> these are all in the nineties. Uh, <laughs> music like these movies in the nineties. Like what the heck? Then when you go to the two thousands, okay, well let's look at some of the movies that he made then. Does anybody remember you? Do you remember the movie Mission to Mars? Mission to Mars. <laughs> I yeah. Love that movie. He wrote the score to that movie. That's what I'm saying. He's just taking jobs. Dude, he would write music. And then, obviously, he did uh, The Hateful Eight. Um, that was one of his final films that he did. He would even dabble in some TV shows, but they were mainly um, TV shows from Italy. And he even did commercials back in Italy. He uh, wrote... Kill, like he helped out with Kill Bill. He helped out with Death Proof. Obviously, Quentin Tarantino's a theme. He also helped out with Hot Rod. Oh my God. What are we doing? This guy is amazing. Sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. But no, this guy's amazing. He I, I will have to say, like, when you start talking about the music, I was like, you know what? I should have made a comment about the music because. It's all. It, I didn't even think about it because it's such classic western. That I forget. Oh yeah, this is what this movie. This is where the music came from. It was classic, classic then. Yes. Yeah, and so it's like, oh yeah, uh, I should have said something when you brought that up. Hey, hey, man, he just it's it's classic, and I love it. Um, and ultimately, I I will only agree with Seth on this matter that. This movie is essentially like Poltergeist. It's great for what it is. It did a lot of good things, but then a lot of people took what it did and did it better. And as I said at the beginning, they even took what they did and did it better in the next two movies to do it better. Um, so it, I think this is just like a great, like solid foundation and, you know, kind of what yeah. Western movies are born off of. So I like, I, I love it. I love it for that reason. I can respect it for that reason. Um, yeah. Those, so I think it'd be fun idea. if Seth tells us what he liked about it, and then he goes into his issues with it, because I feel like us three enjoyed it way more than he did, and it'd be cool to, like, hear what he didn't like about it, and then us have us respond to that. But first, what'd you like about it? Well, Jared kind of I've already stolen my music. It's not my favorite type of Western music. I, I definitely prefer the more grandiose, which kind of goes into one of my issues with the movie itself is personal taste, which is why I tried to make sure I watched it 
with a certain mindset of like open mind, that kind of deal. I like two types of Westerns. I like the historical Westerns and I like the romantic adventure Westerns. And this Western is neither of those two things. Uh, and so the things I didn't like about it, well, one is the acting was hammy and I don't, that doesn't really fit in with the type of movies that I like as far as that goes. I know y'all talked about how much you enjoyed watching the actors when they got shot and throw their arms up and be super dramatic. I, uh, I was cringing because I was like, ugh. Uh, I uh, enjoyed... Can I comment on that? Yeah. I feel like, isn't that, I may, I may be wrong, but isn't that a product of just the time? Isn't that how people died in the, in the time that this was made? Like, not people That's actually people died, died, but how people acted when they were dying. Like, I don't know. I feel like everyone in that time, when they died on film, it was very dramatic. I just watched From Russia with Love. And the people dying in that movie were dramatic I mean, as well. Like even in the TV show, like Gunsmoke, like people like died. They put the X's over their eyes when they died. Like from the old school, like TV show Gunsmoke, the kid was out in the same <laughs> era. And so, I don't, I don't blame the movie for that. I blame the time the movie was made. I mean, but like, okay, the one I think of in particular, the one I'm thinking of when you mentioned that was when. Consuela, I think was her name, the Baxter's wife. Yeah. The one when they're burning them out of the fire and she comes out and she's screaming and cussing at them and they shoot her. And her very dramatic, like, grab the pole, slide down slowly, slowly, slowly. And I'm just like, ugh. Uh, I get it. And like, no, I understand. I'm comparing it to Big Jake, which came out admittedly. In my head right now, because that's the most recent Western I watched that was not that was around the same time period. And I think it came out 71. So it would have been about seven years after the fact of this one when it was made. Uh, and when those people died or when characters died in that one, the most you had was like, oh, grab where they got shot and then fall down. There wasn't as much arm waving and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. So the, the overdramatics of that kind of killed me. Uh, the lack of character development for the man with no name i know that's the appeal like the appeal is that like you don't know anything about him he's just a drifter who comes into town and does this uh but like you know you compare it to mandalorian and mandalorian you you, you do get that even over the course of just a little bit you see little things and snippets and we got a little bit of it and my favorite part of it is when you got the little bit from the man from no name when he's like you know why are you helping me and he's like you know because there's someone who whatever someone who didn't get any help Yes, and I was like, "Oh, hey, hey, hey! There's something here. There's a More story that. here. There's a thing. Yes." And I, uh, I don't know. It's hard for me to. I, I, I want to have something behind. So, I was like, it was historical western. I know the story. I know that the characters. I'm good. The romantic adventure western. Okay, part of it is like the you know about the character and everything about them. And so, those are the things I enjoy. I really enjoy not knowing anything about the hero. It was just something like a guy comes in, shoots around a little bit, then rides out of town. And I'm like, mm, eh. I don't know. That's not my cup of tea. I don't know if y'all want to respond or not. If not, then I'll keep going. But, I mean, I feel like everything you said is valid. It's just more of a choice of like how you like it and everything. So it's like, I don't yeah, have anything to argue. But like I said, like Jordan says, I understand why if that's something you need, why it didn't work for you, you know? So I have nothing to It's sort of like how I didn't... Going back to what Ray said, though, about the overacting and stuff, it's sort of like how 
I, I could sort of make fun of the gunplay that they do, but it's more the fact that was just the style then, so I, you know... You roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I roll with it. Like, the dude basically is pointing the gun straight, and all of a sudden, four guys are dead with no kick, <laughs> just fan-hammering it. It's like, okay, that's just what we're going with. Yeah. But it, and- it took a long time for movies to have it, like, accurate gunplay, so I'm not... Yeah, I know. The only thing I had with it, and Ray kind of actually mentioned this already a little bit, is I'm not gonna lie. The pacing did kind of kill me for a movie that's only an hour and forty minutes. I was like, at times it felt very slow. Oh, for a movie that's whole point is come in and shoot the town up. It still yeah. The second act really drug on. That that's really my biggest criticism. The second act was just like the first act was fast paced. Then you get to the third act. Third act is fast paced. The second act. Why? Why am I sitting here for like two hours? This is an hour and forty minute movie. Like, why have I been in front of my TV for two and a half hours? Okay, and that's why I hope you know when you say like the the next one gets better and better. I know this one was relatively like an like the first time you ever collaborated together. It's like a relatively cheap uh, budget. Oh yeah, Yeah. it looked cheap as hell. I'm really hoping that I enjoy the next two because there are parts of this movie that I did like is just talking about this made me think about it. Even though this was probably the most ultimate in ham acting of a death scene, I did enjoy the way it was shot from his perspective and that's when he shoots the guy at the very end and you know he's like rolling around and you see from his perspective his point of view, then back to him and point of view again. I liked that. I enjoyed that a lot. So I don't know. There's things that I think ultimately will be improved upon and i think i might actually end up enjoying it i just want more story and more can i can i just say what i thought was one of the funny scenes like what no one was paying attention when they have that two big that big gunfight at the cemetery because they were trying to kill two guys and like no one noticed that these guys they weren't moving they weren't firing they weren't doing anything (laughs) just Um, something i wanted to say granted i think it was supposed to be at night so maybe they just didn't get against yeah it was it was shot day for night for sure it was like i'm looking at beautiful clouds in the blue sky and it's like oh it's nighttime okay (laughs) um uh my i'll say something critical and I don't know, I kind of enjoy it though, but uh, almost every single line of dialogue was 80 yard. Um, it was not the original audio of them on set. They had to go back and re-say the audio in a sound booth um, for whatever reason. Um, but I think that's also... I thought it was because it was done in a different... Wasn't it originally done in Italian? Italian. Yeah. I'm not even sure Clint Eastwood so listen, We watched basically a dub. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what it felt like. But it's also, again, like the James Bond movies do that too in the Sean Connery era. It's a lot of just ADR, and it doesn't bother me. I it's just noticeable. So I mean, that's all I got. Yeah, but that's why I wanted to bring it up when you brought it up there. I was like, yeah, it was definitely because we basically saw an an English dub version of the movie. I want the subtitles. Um, All right, let's go to best scene. I mean, for me, it's there's a couple. Jared, you, you threw one out earlier. You said uh, the machine gun, whatever, oh, right? Yeah. But for me, the best scene is how the movie opens up, where he walks by uh, the coffin maker. He says, get three coffins ready. 
<laughs> and oh, you just man. know he's there to take care of business. He's like, I need uh, you to apologize to my horse. You know, that whole yeah, no, bit that whole great. like apologize to my horse. And they're just like, the Who fuck? is this motherfucker? <laughs> and the two to his horse. To his mule. Hmm? It wasn't oh, even yeah. a horse, it was a mule. I'm just yeah, saying, it's, I can, it's one more level of degradation in that request of apologize to my mule. And it's just like, I, I don't blame the dudes. They were like, the audacity. Like, <laughs> what? How do you walk in my town and tell me to apologize to a mule? Um, no, so, like, those guys, like, I, I get it. I get it why they picked the fight. I get why they picked the fight. I, well, they didn't. They already picked the fight, to be clear. Right. They already picked the fight. But I'm just saying, dude, like, no one's going to disrespect me like that and tell me to apologize to their mule. Like, Oh, you gotta kill me if you say some shit like that, because I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> but it is great writing just to introduce the character and, th- and let the audience know, like, hey, just so you know, he doesn't talk a lot, but he's a fucking badass. Watch this scene, right? <laughs> You're like, okay, cool. Now I know who I'm dealing with. Then uh, I do like the. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead. I was gonna throw. No, I do like uh, as much as you guys know. I hate like the hero aspect of things. Uh, I do like the hero moment of him being like beat up at the end, but still like trying to like finish the mm-hmm. job. Yeah, he looks cool all beat up. Yeah, and it, it, like I mean, I think it even goes back into the music. I think that's why I kind of like liked it even more because it's like seeing him beat up, rough and rugged, and knowing he's a badass gunslinger, and then just having this amazing score in the background as he's like limping around trying to. F- I don't know. It just mm-hmm. felt like really cool. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Seth. I'm going to bring up a movie that he absolutely will never let me forget. I made him watch. Um, old boy. Like the hallway scene in the hammer. So with the hammer in the old boy. Like just the music behind it and just like it, it felt like that. It felt great. It felt great. What's your favorite scene? What's the best scene in the movie, do you think, Jared? Oof. I don't know. I got to go with the beginning because it just set the tone for the rest of the film. I got to yeah. go with I uh, get the three coffins ready. Apologize, my mule. I'm sorry, Jordan. Seth. I'll apologize to Seth. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm re-traumatized. Hmm. Yeah, I pro- I'm going to go with the beginning with you, too, because I thought that was a great way to establish the character without saying that much with him. Seth? Uh, the conversation he had with the Baxter's men where he's about to shoot him and about to apologize into the mule and everything because it was the most, I don't know, it was the one time I felt like he was actually the most realistic character. Like, he was a character. He wasn't yeah. just an archetype. He was, like... Yeah, personality. Like, yeah, and I thought, like, it actually made me hopeful. I was like, oh, okay, I kind of like this downhill for me after that. I don't mean that in a that sounds like I'm being insulting to the movie. Truly there's some good things in it that like I I you know uh but it was one of those things where from then on I was like oh I wanted more of that and I got a little bit I there's a little bit towards the end like I already mentioned about you know the wish someone you know they remind me of someone who needed someone there or something towards the end. So it's unanimous that so. that get the coffins ready and apologize to my mule scene. There we go. MVP I mean is it? I mean, Seth might not pick Clint Eastwood, but I feel like are we all going to pick Clint Eastwood? I was going to say the composer because that was the, my yeah. favorite part of the movie. Okay. I mean, but if you get Clint Eastwood, I can't argue with it. Yeah, 
Honestly, I have to go like co-MVPs because this was, since this was like the jumping off point of everything. And then it's like, hey, it, it, this kind of reminds me of the 2003 NBA draft with Ron James and Dwayne Wade and Carmelo Anthony. And they all just come in at the same time. That's what it feels like because you got like Clint Eastwood and Ennio Morricone at the same time. Like, I, what do I do? <laughs> Don't pick Darko Milicic. Um, I am going to go a bit different. I am going to go cinematography just because I just love the sceneries. And that was probably half the thing I liked enjoyed about the movie was sitting back and hearing the music and watching the scenery. You almost have to have a great cinematographer for a movie that has three sets. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the town, inside a building, and then, I don't know, somewhere else. Like, I just... By yeah, the by the river, that one that over one there. scene by the river. That was the third set. Yeah. <laughs> so you need someone to make it look pretty, which is a good pick, Yorton. Uh, I'm gonna go Clint Eastwood. All right. Um, all right. Let's let's knock out these categories. Six man. I'm gonna go with the bar, the barkeep, the cantina uh, owner, whatever. Yeah, uh, I go with the cantina owner. He kept us in the loop during that slog of the he second. Really act. did. <laughs> Yeah, he kept us in the second act. Like, I mean, we needed him because we forgot shit. <laughs> He's like, by the way, listener. Um, Seth, who do you got? The mule. Without him, we don't have the best scene. Okay. <laughs> That's the mule. Fair. He's there for 30 seconds. Uh, Yorton. Uh, I'm just going to go with the coffin man, but I, I respect the cantina owner, too. The coffin man just cracked me up every time he was on. And- Grandpa. He was just, yeah, he was just that right amount of craziness. Didn't drive me crazy, but he was crazy enough to give me laugh every time. He gave and... the man no name a name. It was weird. <laughs> if you were going on a road trip, who would you want to hang out with, and who would you not want to hang out with? Y'all just go. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm hanging out with the bar, the cantina owner. First of all, that's my pick because I don't know who else to hang out with. I'll Everyone go with the mule. Can... The mule. You got a good ride, at least. There you go. I'm going with, have horses. I'm going with Ramon. For the simple reason, this man is playing chess at all times. <laughs> We're on the road trip, and this man is thinking three stops ahead on said road trip. I need that kind of clarity. Like He's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, we're going to L.A. Cool, that's the end. But on the way there... Let me tell you where we're going to stop. And I was like, hey, man, we haven't even left the house yet. This dude is already planning shit ahead of time. I, I need that guy. Plus, he's nefarious. So, Mike, okay. little trouble here and there. Seth, you're sticking with Mule? I am sticking with the Mule, and I don't want to go with anyone else in this movie. Anywhere. I am going to go with the man with no name because I feel like it's going to be quite an adventure and I don't think he's going to kill me, so I that'd be good because he would protect me as our craziness adventure. Because he just he help he can't help himself but stirring up trouble, man. Jared, who do you not want to go with? There's Baxter. Number one, yeah. he's a cop. Number two, <laughs> He can't even be a cop right. He's not even good at being a cop. He's not even good at being a cop. 
He's not good at being a good cop. He's not good at being a crooked cop. He's not good at anything. How do you, how do you be a cop and just like not good at any aspect of it? Like not being a good cop or not being a bad cop? How are you bad at both? <laughs> you can't even be a good bad cop. I just love how random episodes of this podcast you'll be like, fuck that guy, he's a cop. Like, he just pops up and it makes me laugh. You you got, you got went in on Batman one time because he was, like, basically a cop. And I was like, this is this is great. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes game. Here we go. Bum, 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 bum. Boom. All right. Oh, shit. It's a new year, y'all. That means everyone no starting fresh. This one. Let me open up the Rotten Tomatoes game spreadsheet. Delete everyone's score. Yorton, you are the reigning champ. Jared won year one. Yorton won year two. Seth, Seth is this is your that. year. So this is it. It's happening. Yorton gets to go last because he was first. Jared gets to go second because he was second for the year. Seth, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes, and why do you think that? So I've been debating while I watched this movie because I realized two things. One, for some reason, critics seem to love Clint Eastwood westerns, as do the Oscars, since Unforgiven was like the last big western to you know win Best Picture. So here's my here's my reasoning for a movie I didn't particularly care for no, being as no high country. as I'm about to give it. No, no Country for Old Men does not count as a true old western because it wasn't set in the 1800s. I'll give it neo-Western. I'm not, I'm not hating on that part of it. But uh, here's – so because they seem to like Clint Eastwood, because this movie is almost universally loved from everything I hear, I'm going to go with 85. I don't think it deserves it, but I'm going to go with 85. I think it should be lower. Not much lower, but it should be lower. But I'm going to go 85. Jared, he went with 85, and he gave his shitty reason. Um <laughs> Uh, I agree with his reasoning, um, especially it being like one of the old classics. I think it's held up in a higher regard as we just watched it and we we're just like, ah, it's very respectable, but is it all that? Maybe not, but nostalgia glasses, I, I'm going to go, I got to go like 90. I'm going to go high. I think it's probably even <clears throat> higher than that. I just, I don't know. I think, I think this movie does get a little bit overrated being like one of the originals and classics um i.e poltergeist as we've been saying if it has a 90 i just want to go ahead and say it got the universal monsters classic movie rotten tomato bunk so i'm going to go 78 because i feel like a lot of people are going to say that it is overrated and a lot of people don't have the nostalgia for it for the rating and while we were talking about it, yeah, it does have some pacing issues and everything, and I could see that not more of the modern uh, critics not liking that, and so that's where I'm going to go with. This is going to be fun. Jordan's right. Great. I don't know if he's right as far as like actually right, but he's right. You like the points I made. <laughs> yes, he's correct. Even if he loses, he's correct. So the no, audience... I mean, like, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was going to say, like, honestly, I would rate it probably around, like, a 75. But yeah. it's just, like, okay. people, like, I think it's like, going to be in the 90s, like, TBH. You, so you said 90? Yeah, I said 90. I, th- I like, quite honestly think it may be higher, but I'm not trying to, like, price myself out of Seth's range. So first, I want to go over the audience score. 
with over 50,000 ratings, the audience gave it a 91%. Okay. Now, with what are these people? 53 reviews. It's because it's cool in college. It's because it's cool in college. Don't. That's the reason because, why. Because, hold on, hold on. 53 reviews and Norton's like 53 well because they didn't really have like reviews back then I'm sure yeah. that they can collect and so they had to like go back and dig anyway so I was right if it's high it's because it got the universal monsters treatment if it's high okay. um, <laughs> certified fresh at 96 fistful of dollars 96 so Jared it's I knew it. I knew it was gonna be stupid high. It's no, dude. I, I that got the universal. Kind of, I kind of feel like Seth on this one. I don't, I don't hate humanity for it because it's not that egregious as other I, films. I can't say much with only fifty some people. I, it's hard to judge with that low. I want to see what the bad reviews say and if they're what like what the one or two bad reviews say. I mean, this movie isn't bad. It's just like above average. It's like, like, like I mid, liked it a lot, but it, yeah. Bit, and I mean, like I said, I would, I honestly would give this movie yeah. like anywhere between like a 75, 78 in that range. I mean, the other two movies are better. Like when I look yeah. back at it. So. I didn't even like the movie, but I would still like. I didn't enjoy it personally, but I would put it there or even at an eighty at the highest. Me personally, objectively looking at it, I would say it'd be around that range. So ninety six feels extremely high. So Christopher Knoll from FilmCritic.com said, "Call me a heathen, but this has never been one of my favorite spaghetti westerns. Two and a half out of five stars." And then the other, there's only two rotten reviews, and the other one is from. Celluloid dreams, whatever. But it, it doesn't really. He gives it three and a half out of four stars. How is that rotten? So really, it should be higher. I don't understand. I'm going to email Rotten Tomatoes about this. I'm going to say um, it's a Marvel Disney conspiracy to pump yeah, up the definitely. numbers for You're the game. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh, an MGM movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. Um, would you guys... Ebert, did, this is the one movie of the trilogy he didn't review. That That's on his website. Um, would you guys recommend this movie? I would. It, not to everyone. Like, this if I'm is, on a date, I'm not... No, no, no. I'm not telling my... I don't think this is a movie... Not to be sexy, I, but a lot of girls aren't. This is it. a movie that I feel like if you're a film nerd or you're interested in films and like history of films and stuff, you're you're like go see. Anyone else? I feel like, yeah, sure. If you want to see western, okay. I think but, there's better versions of this movie to watch. Of sp- oh, like a better spaghetti. That's western sort of my feeling too. To is sort of like just because this is sort of the this is what broke a lot of the groundwork to make other western movies and so my whole point of recommending this movie is pretty much to see the origins of it <laughs> i feel like you have to like if you're going to pick one movie whether it's the best one or not you need to out of this trilogy it should be the good bad the ugly because that's the most talked about right and then if you like that go back and watch these other two that's kind of where i'm at um yeah. jared would you recommend it oh heck yeah all right cool um hall of fame 
No. No, not a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to watch this again for another 10 years. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, it's been more than 10 years. Um, I saw it. I was like, all right, cool. I saw it. I wanted to, I mean, it's a movie I felt like I should have saw. It's good. Cool. Let me close my browser. There we go. And guys, next week we are going to be talking about for a few dollars more. Now, it's weird. These, these movies aren't like I don't think they're officially all the same character. He just plays a guy with no name that wanders in the town and all three of them and they I think they just kind of like the studio just combined them all into a trilogy. Like, hey, he's the same guy now. But uh, his second appearance as the man with no name for a few dollars more. Jared, do you remember liking it more or less in this movie? Um, I thought it was a better movie. I'm not sure if I liked it more because I mean those are two different things. Um, I don't know. I'm like this is the one I'm more excited to rewatch because I mean sometimes the middle movies of trilogies kind of get forgotten because not every middle movie is Empire Strikes Back, Dark Knight. So true. I know no, my no head, one. I was just trying to come up with my own Western movie while I was watching this out of fun. What, yeah. what were we going to say no about? Oh, no, I thought you were about to say, you know what, the uh, that one In- Indiana Jones movie when I was talking about the second movies of trilogies. I really want to watch those again. I'm not picking them, but I want to watch them again. If y'all don't pick the, them, I'm going to The second one to me is the weakest out of the three for Indiana Jones. That was the second movie of a trilogy I was thinking of. I'm not going to bring that one up. Don't bring up the last shit. I, I don't have the patience to deal with this. Oh my god! Oh yeah, um, that that's it, folks. That's that's gonna. I, hate I that wasn't gonna say I didn't see it. <laughs> Wrap if it you up. Hang out with here is talk about the last Jedi. Um, pay attention, but until then, we will see you guys later, and thank you for listening. <laughs> Oddly enough, I feel like I'd be the only one defending that movie.